famous i don't know if we're world famous but it's been around so world infamous infamous maybe okay however we want to however we want to swing it either way wherever you are listening uh whatever whatever uh computer or phone or hamlet of sorts uh you're listening to on any corner of planet earth thank you for tuning in and it is far more appreciated than I think you would know. So um, I, I think probably in, well, this is, this is episode 249. So in episode 250, I think uh, it's worth it to go over um, a bit of the metrics. And I was kind of looking at it tonight from January 1st of 2020, um, rolling up here on uh, almost January 1st, 2021. Um, I think what's less important is the amount of people that have listened, listened, excuse me, as opposed to where people have been listening to, uh, from. And I think that's, what's been the most interesting to me. If I'm going to begin to reflect at the end of this year, um, is how, how many countries have tuned in, you know, to me, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Even if it's just one person that tunes in from a specific country, uh, you know, it means that the, that somehow someone found us, whether that's through tags or just doing some searches. So uh, either way, wherever you're at, um, I hope to know how to say hello and casually speak in uh, in the, the the language that is from your country. So I'm slowly working on that. I think I can do it successfully in French and Spanish. But um, either way, here we, we are. Work on that. I mean, there's a number. Of, I mean. Obviously, uh, Viva la France, we appreciate your extensive listenership. Uh, Bundesrepublik Deutschland, Germany, mm -hmm. uh, Republica Italiana. Uh, there's, of course, been Australia, New Zealand, Ghana. Ghana? Uh, South Africa. South Africa. And of late, also Russia. So, yeah. So, Russia, Brazil, Argentina, China, Japan, Philippines. A little bit of Canada and Mexico. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, NAFTA is in there, so that's much appreciated. So, uh, I think I think uh, <clears throat> next episode we'll kind of do that breakdown and and uh, ultimately there's in every language. Well, at least I can do in the romantics, right? So, hello, hola, bonjour, bonjourno. I don't know Portuguese. I'm sure and Romanian, which fall into the romantic languages. Uh, yeah. Oh no, that that's the fifth love language. Romania. Or Russia, we can work on. Oh um, well, Rub Russia is Privyet or Dobrotra. So hello to Russia. Um, Ni Hao, that is Chinese, although Cantonese, not Mandarin. Um, mm, see, that's that's a fatal flaw. 
do we we're like, not we're not segmenting we're south not segmenting korea. the cantonese market as much as we are the mandarin market that's what you're saying south korea don't forget them uh yes yeah, uh korea um oh my gosh this is yeah we need to work on this ah that's embarrassing Ch- uh, korean we, i spent some time in korea maybe. uh and I'm, I'm missing it if i started with korea i would have had it but i went through i've exhausted my foreign languages Dude, until... obviously japanese konnichiwa uh ah, konnichiwa yep perhaps that's part of the that's Comes, a portion of the uh, we're going to re-record the intro right with all the languages right and... i was gonna say <clears throat> uh, i'm i forgot hello in korean I, it will come to me some in some part of this podcast episode but what i will say is um konsameda is thank you so thank you from south korea konsameda uh, for so we'll do that and maybe a special portion of the new intro that we we record for episode 250 uh maybe we can include a, a little segment of thank yous uh from the languages that we can put together yeah i think it's i think i think if we do a run of all the all of the countries that have listened over the last year that'd be a, a pretty interesting uh intro so like a Kenny G, like uh, sexy saxophone mm. background. Mm. Mm. Well, because you remember, you remember the 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 track that was done for Y two K, right? Kenny G released this. Uh, it was all Lang Syne saxophone solo with all these great quotes from the twentieth century. <laughs> hey, <clears throat> if we want to take one from the playbook, I'm on game. So. No, it's just a, just a thought. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 nothing else. I mean, hell, we could do um some sort of techno track or some screamo track. But it, I mean, just scream thought it'd be okay. easier to hear yeah. us over Kenny G. That's true. Well, let's dive into tonight. But before we do that, as always, thank you for tuning in to the Mod State Podcast. As always, if you want more and you like what you hear here, head over to modstate.com for more opinion pieces. And as always... Leave your comments anywhere you can that you uh, listen to this podcast. And uh, if you'd like, there's a pretty healthy uh, community of comments at podomatic.com. Uh, Are they healthy? I don't know if they're healthy, but they, they certainly exist. They you know who like you me. are. You know who you are. Uh, Cassie, who's out there. And uh, let me look at the others. This is, this is, uh, they don't like me as much as they like you. Philip D., you're out there. Uh, you know who that is. I know, I know. And uh, uh, Duke, favorite cop from NOPD. Uh, Duke, you're out there. And for the people that comment, keep it coming. I'm doing my best to, to keep up with the comments. And uh, but if you do have a um, a seriously long comment or something that you would like addressed on the podcast directly, go to modstate m o d s t a t e dot com. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Take that back. Modstate at modstate.com. So that's M O D S T A T E at M O D S T A T E dot com. Modstate.com. Modstate at modstate.com. Dear um, God. God, Jesus. There's too many mod states. That's the problem. Now, thing is, go over to there. Um, send an email if you've got anything that's um, uh, you feel uh, is worthy of being discussed. Uh, and we will certainly talk about it here. So. Um, so yeah, here we are. Uh, I've got all these, uh, I've got to, I've got to clear out of this, 
the specific web browser. I've got all these, uh, the, the geography of the places that have been listening over the last year. Not to mention the overview, but we're going to save that for 250 probably. And let's dive it's into... the globe. What's that? It's about a third of the globe almost. I mean, it's 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 relatively impressive, and not not in a braggadocious way, but other than uh, the fact that there's a number of countries on here that have some real issues with censorship, and so the fact that they're like able to Azerbaijan. listen. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's they're um... on there. North Korea was on there once, and we we actually talked about this, and there was there was two downloads from North Korea, and we were like, well, I hope you make it through this <clears throat> that's what i was gonna say like i hope i didn't contribute to the execution of somebody that. like jesus christ like you uh, actually did say that I, I, yeah i mean I, I, and then they never downloaded again from pyongyang no which was literally in the geography i mean like it and again the one thing that we've muddled over for the last <laughs> at least couple months is whether or not there's vpn issues it's one thing when you have a lot of downloads from like a specific country in Europe, like maybe there's some sort of uh, a VPN situation that's going on that accounts for that. However, when you're talking yeah, about nobody North... has a VPN in Pyongyang. Yeah, that's the thing. That's where it gets a little dicey. Not to mention the People's Republic of China, which shows up a couple times, and Russia. I think Russia is less censured, censured, if you will, but um, China for sure is. And if you... well, and Shanghai, I mean, it's it's fairly modernized. So, I mean, there are Western businesses that are there, but the the folks in Pyongyang. And then, lo and behold, we never got hit with those IP addresses again. No. So, yeah, I hope they're okay. I do too, obviously. So, um, so yes. So we've gone through the pleasantries. We talked about all this stuff. I mean, we'll touch base in the next podcast. But tonight, folks, we have <clears throat> we have uh, as always an educational bazaar and the main topic. So let's just dive in. So. I kept you in the dark a little bit about <clears throat> what the educational segment would be specifically. However, we did decide um, about <laughs> the fact that the bizarre segment somehow fits into the educational segment and the bizarre segment, um, mainly because of the fact that the gentleman's still alive. But um, I think this is probably more current events than it is um, educational news. However, it's interesting uh, that I, I would suppose a, a personal reflection myself is, uh, you know, I've I've been part of this whole <laughs> pandemic since really the beginning, given the nature of work that I do in healthcare in the United States, and it really is the first time uh, today that we started getting more information on the coronavirus vaccine, and uh, we we do know at this point that there has been a second. COVID vaccine approved in the United States, the FDA has granted emergency authorization to the Moderna vaccine. Uh, currently, the United States is in the process of administering the Pfizer vaccine, which... Uh, that's what, the, the Moderna is the RNA replicant? That's correct. So, um, and I think probably what's more important is, uh, in a way, how each of the vaccines are are stored. So, the Pfizer vaccine takes um, a bit more infrastructure in the in the sense that it requires freezers that that cool that vaccine down to to a point where no company will ever invest in <laughs> the freezers that need to keep that cool. So in a way, logistically, I think the Pfizer vaccine becomes more problematic to deliver, or there's more urgency. Yeah, but it's good news. It's great news. Uh, ultimately, it's great news. The Pfizer vaccine will take more coordination to 
to deliver and there's more urgency in the delivery of that vaccine. Moderna does not require the deep freeze that the Pfizer vaccine requires. Um, so we'll see ultimately what transpires in America. But it is interesting. I mean, the, the at least where I'm at in Colorado, USA, um, they have begun the, the at least the major businesses or healthcare industry um, and the, the leaders in at least the Colorado market um, have begun to sort of take tally of who is willing to take the vaccine. And, you know, this is, for take it for what it's worth, but it's actually interesting to, um, you know, doing the preliminary sort of investigation and intelligence building on the type of people that want the vaccine. It's funny because <clears throat> my the sample size that I have to choose from is, is um, relatively small in the context to the, to the, the broader population. However, um, it's interesting to see how many people so far have been reluctant to sort of say, yes, I'm going to take it. And it's actually probably more people, or it's, it's probably almost close to 50-50 to the amount of people that say they will take it or they need more information. And the number one reason, the number one reason that people are skeptical of taking this um, vaccine when it comes around is time, that it just took, it was too quick. And that they would like to see this flesh out a little bit longer. And to be honest with you, as a healthcare professional, I don't, I don't for a second um, find fault with that argument to say that, hey, listen, this is the first vaccine that has been pushed f- through in this amount of time. How many people know that? How quickly it's been pushed through? Yeah, how many people know? The, no, not how quickly. Of course they know that. But how many people know that it's been pushed through quicker than others? How many people actually looked up, you know, the the influenza vaccines, and how many people are actually being told that on TikTok, Reddit? Well, I will tell you that zero people, zero percent of people know how long it actually takes to bring a clinical drug to trial. <laughs> actually, um, but what they do know is because of the heightened media scrutiny on the coronavirus they know the vaccine, media, they don't like Trump, and it came out under him. No, it's it's not that honestly. Like, the, no, 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 it's it's not, man. I'll I'll disagree with you wholeheartedly on that. It's, okay. What I do know is that the, the media has hyped the fact that this has been it's been pushed through in an emergency authorize uh, uh, EUA, if you will, an emergency authorization act, essentially. So it isn't the fact that I'll be honest. Like if I, I would tell you the truth, it isn't the it has nothing to do with the administration, and it has everything to do with the fact that. This has, for you. Well, no, I'm talking broadly about the, the population of people I take care of and their families. That it is less about the fact that it's Trump and it's more about like the Maslow hierarchy of need, like whether or not this is going to be helpful or or, or unhelpful, right? So it's it, it is all about the amount of time. And so it has been projected I mean, every media outlet. I from Newsmax to MSNBC or Salon or however you want to market the left um, have been reporting that this is, this is an emergency use authorization. So it takes it, the, the amount of time that it took for these vaccines to come to um, market has been decreased exponentially because of the fact that the red tape has been cut. And, and it's been hard to explain to people the fact that you realize that the same amount of people have been 
there's been trials of the same amount of people for coronavirus as there has been for hepatitis B in the past, or you name whatever, whatever vaccine has, uh, is widely given. So those, because the red tape has, uh, has been cut for the coronavirus vaccine, everything has been front loaded. So the bureaucracy, the bureaucracy, if you will, has been depleted, which allows for this vaccine to come to trial, which means that the same amount of people that ultimately, give or take, obviously, that get uh, that have trials for any initial vaccine that comes out, the same amount of people have been part of the study for coronavirus. It's just the fact that it's it has been front loaded. It's number one priority. So of course it's going to be quicker. So it's been interesting to sort of talk through those uh, those differences and what I'm sure. And and not to mention, uh, I think what comes up a lot in the news, and I think is worth talking about, is the specific demographics um, that are more skeptical or less skeptical. And and I thought that I would, based on quite frankly the mainstream media, um, I I was going around to to start um, talking to patients about where their head sort of lies uh, in in relation and context to the coronavirus. Um, I was expecting. Um, based on the reporting and based on sort of the <laughs> intelligence gathering, uh, I was sort of prepared for specific groups of people to, to push back harder than other groups of people. Um, and it was actually a pretty broad consensus. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about a, a group of people on one day that's under 100 individuals. Um, but I would say ultimately there was a healthy skepticism from all groups of people, all demographics and all races. And I think that really shows that either the damage that the Trump administration has done or the lack of, um, uh, well, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. The Trump administration um, could have could have started the uh, the public health outreach and advertisement and campaign for this a long time ago, but they did not. So there's a lot of work to do. But I think ultimately... Are you serious right now? What's that? You think that's the only basis for the skepticism? No, no, no. I'm not saying it's the only basis for the skepticism. It's a huge okay, basis. But a big one. I know you don't want to say this, but a big one is the salons and the CNBCs and the CNNs. What Absolutely. Have, what have because they done? if it was under a Hillary Clinton administration, this vaccine would be celebrated. I'm sorry. All right. Hold on. Hold on a second. All right. Well, <clears throat> no, no, no. You, you can't contradict that. If this was under the Hillary Clinton administration, this vaccine would be celebrated. I'm sorry. This vaccine is being celebrated. Yeah, but you, you can't have it both ways, Nate. You can't say that there's a healthy amount of skepticism because of the Trump administration. No, I didn't. But then I didn't. deny the role that the no, media no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't. Trump. Hold on, hold on, John. I never said that there's a healthy skepticism because of the Trump administration. Well, I just asked you, is it solely because of Trump? And that's what you confirmed. Oh, oh I'm sorry. So, which no, no, no. so I'll say, I'll, I'll take again. No, the Trump administration, the Trump administration has done nothing. Absolutely. And I mean, not Fauci, I mean, Trump's inner circle has done nothing. Pence, who is part of the coronavirus um, task force, has done nothing. They personally have done nothing to advance um, the the um, advance the efficacy of the vaccine. They have done other than Nothing. the Emergency Authorization Act, right? The four billion dollars that Trump funneled in. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, mean, they no, they they did that. However, what the problem with the Trump administration? You can the, say you can't really say nothing. Then. No, the problem that the Trump administration, the problem with even creating the U, the the EUA, 
That's fine. But what? Where the Trump administration? Well, that's not nothing. Larry. What I'm saying, that, I'm not saying it's nothing. What I'm saying is the Trump administration failed on their end of the bargain by promoting and and by backing and supporting public health agencies throughout the United States, starting with their own federal uh, DHH, the Department of Health and Human Services, by backing those those entities. They did not do that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. They they release funds. They, um, well, my point is you use the word they've done nothing. That's, that's my point. That's not nothing. Okay. I'll, I'll take it back. Yes. They released the funds. They created operation warp speed, but then they contradicted everything they did with that by not advancing the public health message. In fact, they contradicted the ed- experts within the public health administration. And that is undeniable. So that is where they failed. If they had done, if they had made a concerted effort to advance the public health message the way that the experts said that they should have, we probably wouldn't, we, we would still have healthy skepticism, I think, but we would have less of it. And that's because you've got Fox News and Tucker Carlson coming out about nervousness and this and that and OAN and Newsmax. I'm not going to I'm not going to deny the fact that the the irony amongst the president's supporter is they want him to get credit for Operation Warp Speed. But but they're skeptical of the vaccines. I do see that irony. However, to me, let's not try and cloud the fact. I'd love to hear the argument otherwise that the media has been asympathetic to the Trump administration's efforts. It wouldn't matter what he did. Nope, I disagree with you. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. CNBC and Salon would it be against him no matter what. I disagree with you. I disagree with you. If if Trump if, 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 if Trump if Trump had if Trump had a Give a, me a break, Nate. I'm, dude, I've been living this for the last nine months. Almost the close to a year. The entire country's been living this for the last nine months, Nate. I know. And I've been living it personally as a healthcare provider for the last and a manager in healthcare for the last nine months. I know what I, I I'm acutely aware of the messaging that's coming from top leadership of, of America. And it's been nothing but disjointed and a clusterfuck for the well, last well, nine that, months. That has been that has been disjointed. And and My whose responsibility is, does that lie on? That is the responsibility of the leaders of it America. It would not matter if the president had worn a mask every freaking yes, day. Yes, it would have. Yes, Salon it would Salon would be opposed to him no matter what. I, Salon will always be opposed to the president. But well, that's ult- my point. The leftist media is going to be opposed to a Republican <clears throat> president no matter what. The president chose to be absolutely counter to everything that his experts said, except for releasing funds. And he, he was, it wouldn't matter. John, it, the entire thing was a clusterfuck. You've got him releasing funds and Operation Warp Speed, and then he puts Trump, he puts pre, pre, uh, Vice President Pence in charge. Yet everything coming from the president's mouth as is is counteracting everything that his his group of experts are trying to do. It's been a clusterfuck from day one, and it never stopped. I think it's hilarious because they wouldn't give him credit no matter what. Why? There's there's nothing to give him credit for other than the fact that he other than Operation Warp Speed, but does Trump doesn't get credit for the two people in Germany that came up with the Pfizer vaccine. He just, he, all Trump yeah, he did, all, all, in funds, did he all not? fantastic. He released the funds. That's great. And then did everything he could for the next full on 2020 to basically sow seeds of dissent 
What the fuck is that supposed to be? What is it? And just sit here and say the mainstream media would be against him no matter what is disingenuous. They absolutely would be. Because, again, I go back to how many mainstream outlets, aside from Fox News, endorsed, should have been a Democratic nominee, McCain in 08. Tell me, tell me one Fox News pundit that has been endorsing masks from the second we knew that they were effective. I'll wait. Okay, again, that's not what I said. I'm what just I saying. Said was, outside of Fox News, there was no outlet that endorsed, again, a nominee in 08 that should have been a Democrat, John McCain. John, not one. John, no one on CN- everyone on CNN and MSNBC was waiting for the President of the United States to do the simplest thing on planet Earth, and that was wear a fucking mask. And he never is, did. Don't try and cloud the fact. Don't try and cloud the fact that the mainstream media is going to be adversarial to a candidate or a president or a senator <laughs> or representative or dog catcher with an R next to their name. That's the fact. I, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. But I'm saying the president did nothing on planet Earth except be polar opposite of everything that his experts ever said. So he never gave the mainstream media, what he never gave that. mainstream media a chance to even like have it this conversation. Have mattered, it would have it mattered. mattered. It would have mattered. It would have mattered. Matter in 08 and 2012? I'm not, I'm, 08 and 2012 are nothing like 2020. It's apples and oranges comparison. The exact same thing as far as the media's relationship to a Republican candidate or sitting member of office. <laughs> Looking, l- listen, you, you honestly dispute that. I'm not saying that the left, the left MSNBC and CNN aren't quote unquote hostile to an 08 and 12 candidates. There's no quotes. Uh, you're absolutely right. They can like who they like and not like who. But what I am saying is that we would have an entirely different conversation if Donald Trump had came out in April of 2020 wearing a mask going, hey, we should all wear masks. We should probably listen to Dr. Fauci. In fact, I'm just going to defer this entire press conference to Dr. Fauci because he's the fucking expert in infectious diseases. That guy did none of that. He did none of it. So there's no way we can sit here and talk about the fact that the mainstream media has hamstrung the president from day from the beginning of 2020. Hamstrung him. My point would be today that they'd be going, yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, but tell me, tell me what the president did this year other than release funds and create Operation Warp Speed. It would absolutely matter. We're sitting here. There's radio fucking silence right now from the president of the United States other than the fact that the election has been, quote unquote, stolen over the last four weeks. I know because no, I've had six patients. I've whatsoever. had six patients die over the last two weeks. And it's fucking radio silence from the president of the United whatsoever. States. I have not endorsed the idea the election was stolen one iota. I, I'm not saying you did. I'm, not, I'm just saying I'm that's just been the topic of conver- that's been the topic of conversation with MAGA, Fox News, OAN, whatever the fuck it is, and Newsmax. But that's completely delusional. And that's 50 percent of the American populace who's listening to all I'm that bullshit. I'm very sorry for them because he lost to Hillary Clinton by about three million popular votes, if we're counting the popular vote. And this go round, it was what seven million. Yeah. So I don't, you got no dis- dispute from me there. So, so what I'm saying is it isn't, <laughs> anyway. No, oh. no, I, I'm, I'm simply talking about the mainstream media and how, how disingenuous that is. I, I, will, I, will, I will say I'm not entirely sure, quite frankly, 
where the mainstream media is being disingenuous with Donald Trump about COVID-19. Because as far as I'm concerned, the president, and from my opinion, my expert opinion in healthcare over the last 10 years, and my background in- no, I'm not disputing in, that. All right? That the president has been nothing but disingenuous since he got caught with his pants down with coronavirus. I'm not talking about Anthony Fauci being like, well, we should wear masks. We shouldn't wear masks. The guy was responding to evidence. Donald Trump has been nothing but it's a hoax. And all the way down to the fact where he's just absconded from his duties in terms of his response to this coronavirus. I'll admit right off the bat, like Eminem and eight mile where he goes into rap battle and he's like, here's all, here's all my flaws. Oh, Try God's to battle sake. me back. Anthony Fauci, what, once said that maybe masks weren't the way to go? And, uh, oh, but also rescinded on that when new evidence came out that said that they actually do do something. Right? So that's what, that's what the right You're likes. You're the bringing up Fauci. But that's, that's the only thing that – that's the only thing that the right has in terms of, like, disparity, disparity from the original meshes of the coronavirus. There's been – there's – You're the, moving the goalposts. I keep talking about the media coverage would be opposed to him no matter what he does. And you keep wanting to talk about Fauci. So you mean to tell me that back in April, if the if the if back in April, if Trump's messaging on coronavirus had been as consistent as the leading experts in infectious disease field and in coronavirus, if his message had been right lockstep with them, that the mainstream media since April of 2020 would be talking shit about the president's coronavirus response. I just absolutely. don't buy it. They uh, absolutely. For one thing, you, you just told me that Fauci's message was not consistent, that he changed it. Once, Wait, once, I'm telling you, once on record that I can think of. Matter, it does not matter what a Republican president or sitting office member does. The lockstep left of center media is going to be opposed to them, period. Otherwise, again, so, I so, say. So here, I have a question then. If the, if the media, if, if, the, if, if the left, McCain, if, if the left, if the leftist mainstream media, so what would they pick apart? If the president's messaging in April, let, let's just say they don't like him, Nate. What's that? For one thing, they don't like him. Well, yeah. What as whose problem is that, dude? Who created okay, that monster? What, what you're missing here is I, I I don't know. Like maybe we need to do an episode in French, okay? But regardless, other than Fox and the Wall Street Journal, excuse me. No mainstream outlets endorsed a Republican and John McCain in 08. Okay. Not one. I will ask you Are this you question. That? So that I, the media no, is hostile to Republicans. I don't, I don't, I really don't. At, at this point in this pandemic in America where we're 300,000 plus lives lost, I don't give a fuck what mainstream media uh, endorsed in 08 and 12. What I want to know is what the okay, leadership. You're not willing to acknowledge the fact that mainstream media is hostile to Republicans, no matter what. That's fine. They can be hostile. I I'll admit that. I don't care. What I care about is the is the actual failings of the leadership and administration in 2020. So I I don't I don't. You're not denying that he's failed. So then, what's the mainstream media supposed to do? My point is, it wouldn't matter if he'd succeeded, Nate. Okay, they didn't treat Nixon very fairly after the EPA and OSHA, and that was before Watergate, so don't even start with that. So what difference, so my question to you then is, this response, this mainstream media response to Trump's coronavirus um, 
plan, his response to the coronavirus. So let's just say, um, I, I just, I think, I think the problem I have with this is the utter speculation of how the mainstream media would have responded if Trump's coronavirus. Not speculation. I've got a track record to point to, Nate. That's fine, but we're we're sitting here with an absent leadership that's gone against every public health expert's opinion over the last nine months. So, and you say, hey, the the mainstream media, the mainstream media has been against this guy, or is it? So, is the mainstream things differently? What's that? I would have absolutely done things differently. I am not denying that the president should have taken a firmer hand. And frankly, I would have stayed out of the spotlight. I would have let my press secretary, I would have let Fauci and, and uh, which is it, Burks? Yeah. Or, it. yeah. Okay. I would have let them take the forefront. Mm-hmm. I get it. There's a lot of things. I think the man, frankly, with all due respect, acts like an ass. Yeah. I got it. But what I'm driving at is, again, to them, to Salon and Slate, who will use the C word in an editorial, it really wouldn't matter. Okay? Yeah. I, he I, wouldn't have done yeah. it nice enough for them. It wouldn't have been distributed to transsexuals and blacks first. That would have been their problem. He wasn't woke enough with the vaccine distribution. That's the way it would have been, Nate. Well, I mean, is Salon talking about how woke the vaccine distributed? It's 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 pretty clear from a triage. Well, now they're not. What's that? Now they're not because he's on his way out. But let's say let's no, say the that's, vaccine was that's out not that's disingenuous. You mean to tell me that Salon Wait, because it, it Joe is. Biden's coming as if Salon and Slate are Joe Biden lovers? They're not. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But you can't tell me they don't want Biden over Trump. So, of course, they're not now talking about that, but I guarantee to you, if Trump had been reelected, they'd be mad about the fact that transgender folks in San Francisco and blacks in the outskirts of Atlanta and the suburb or in the urban areas weren't getting it first. But no one— The no rollout's one, not woke enough. No one's saying that. They would be, is my point, Nate. But it's happening right now. Like literally healthcare workers are getting it first and I don't see any mainstream media talking about how woke the vaccine distribution has been. It doesn't exist. You don't, you don't think that'd be a factor if he'd won re-election? It's no, because he's still the president. He's still the president. He? He's still the president. Of the, no, he chooses not to be, but he is still the president of the United States until January 20th. And you don't see how woke the vaccine distribution is. No, it goes to health care workers. It goes to health care workers in nursing homes. And it goes to people like me. And then it goes later on months down the road to people, uh, average uh, other Americans who are not health care workers. There is no woke dick measuring contest right now. I don't see it. I want to say right now. I I want to hit pause between you and I and clarify to our listeners that you're absolutely a greater healthcare expert than I am. I, I was merely a, a corpsman with LPN level knowledge. You're a BSN, four-year nursing degree, and served our country well, and you continue to do that as a civilian in the ICU in Denver. I don't mean to insult you by any means. None taken at all. Well, I just, I just want to clarify that, that you know more about this sector than I do. And so I, maybe... Maybe we transition from this because I, I don't want to at all come off ad hominem. No, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. 
and and here's the thing. I don't. I, I well, if, if if I suppose if this is your first episode that you're listening to, you're like, holy shit, is this every episode where these guys yell at no, each other? No, it's, it's not. And I'm sorry. No, and hey, look, I'm I'm here. I'm not. I am not for a second discounting the um. The you know, fact this has that, been a great episode for first timers. <laughs> maybe it is a great episode for first timers. You, you, you know, Sierra and the folks in North Carolina are going to love it. Yeah, maybe. Look, I they, it, no, not maybe. They they love the head to head. But I was going to say this is this is, this is probably good for a lot of people. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know how much yeah, I love you. I, same, absolutely. At the end of the day, this is moving forward without the president of the United States or not. So this this mass inoculation um, by uh, Department of uh, Health and Human Services is moving forward. I'm part of it right now. It's a it's an honor and a privilege and a friggin' relief to be part of it. Thank you and, for being a part uh, of that. Uh, and to everyone else that's out there that's part of it, I, I appreciate it. And it's as... no, I know we've we've had to adjust, folks. To, uh, honestly, we've had to adjust our our schedule, which I know boohoo, but. We've had to adjust our schedule doing the podcasts and our publication uh, because of the the arduous efforts that that Nate has put into this. And so I I don't mean that in any sort of snarky sense. I really do appreciate it. And after your military service, you've done this country a great service during these this year. And I thank you for that. I appreciate it. And 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 same to you as well. It's I I think what's important to take away from this, at least for those of you who are um, listening outside of the United States that maybe uh, are, are not part of the same dialogue in other places, that the conversation that you just heard, that back and forth is, is, it is almost, in, it, 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 it's almost, I don't want to say plaguing because it's not the right, it's not the right, it's not the right um, lexicon probably to use, right? Uh, because I, I love this guy that I talk to once a week. I, I, we go back almost almost 10 years at this point, and, and we can get well, it like I'm this. I'm not but, a Trumplican. And I, I realize that. But it's, it, this, well, is really, you know. this is really the discourse in America today. And quite frankly, I felt like this one's more intelligent than some of the other dumb conversations that, that I hear. Um, but at the end of the day, there is a there's a healthy skepticism um, out there, and and what bothers me is it's like where does that come from? Where does that skepticism come from? Well, we can I'm getting the vaccine regardless. Same. Um, it's there's the first thing to come out. Yeah, and I, I want to clarify to listeners, I'm a registered independent. I'm a Nixon Republican, so I have no home. So I, I'm not yeah. at all. Uh, an aspiring attorney for Donald Trump or his elk. I'm not. I am, however, very, 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 in case it's not clear, skeptical of the mainstream media. Yeah, and I think that's that's fair. I like. I don't skept be skeptical of who you will, but to prescribe, you know, and, and this. I'm not talking about medical professionals. I'm talking about the media. Mm -hmm. I don't trust them. I think most of them are liars for, for uh, clicks. And most of them, no matter what, yeah, I believe, are opposed to anybody that's not left of center. I'm sorry. And I know a lot of them, though, also hate on people like Bernie Sanders. So it's not just people that are right of center. 
they're they're not fans of people that don't fit within the mold, that don't hew to their narrative, and that includes Senator Sanders. Mm -hmm. So they stole it fair and square yeah. from him twice. And and so so I, so I hear you on that. And so then we have to we have to make the we have to be very clear about molds, right? And and sort of what what but <clears throat> like when you think of like democratic socialism um, or socialism in general, you can sort of subscribe like a, a, a laboratory theory to that, right? Or just like your macro econ, you can subscribe the, what we call like the lab, right? And when you step out of the lab, it's a lot different from real life. Exactly. And, and, and it's exactly. the same thing with, with um, sort of what we're talking about, right? Where it's, there, there is a, mainstream media that says like we're only going to fit this mold right that's this uh we'll just say like just basically left almost like a joe biden explicitly right but then but then you you run into these situations that are not political anymore they're they have to do with public health and um or in a, in a, in a sense of urgency is prescribed to them and at this point now you have like for example you have a president who has just been anything but um, Johnny on the spot with with the coronavirus. Um, the only thing he's really supported is release of funds and Operation Warp Speed. Um, we don't know again. No, no, we're not. I'm just saying. But this point, so then when the mainstream media goes sort of against that, it's like, well, you know, they just they just they have to fit the mold, so they're going to shit on that no matter what, and it sort of clouds the judgment on whether or not they're actually reporting on something that's factually like the like the ineptitude of the administration, right? And so now it turns into this whole, um, well, the, 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 uh, uh, they're just against the president. When it's hard to delineate whether or not the president just has been inept or it's, it's the mainstream media is against him. And it becomes really hard. So it's not like I want to get into it again, but it's certainly saying like, hey, I, I see how it would be hard. I see how the, the, the the waters would be muddied in a way, but I think it's really important to me personally to 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 make a firm delineation against what is true and which is just like we hate Trump because we hate Trump. So that's kind of my my point to that entire thing, uh, if that makes sense at all. No, it, it does. I'm 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 gonna let it drop. <laughs> well, so perhaps, yeah. So perhaps now is the time to go into our. <laughs> Oh, oh god well 40 minutes yeah it's it's a good question so in fact what i think i'd what i think i'd rather do um because i think what we Keith richards what's that you don't want to talk about keith richards <laughs> let's 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 end with that does that seem apropos i kind of in some yeah. strange post-apocalyptic way right. <clears throat> because what 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 was ultimately scheduled for the meat of this entire episode um, is the um, revitalization—the <laughs> revitalization of the Republican Party. Um, and it, honestly, I think it's good because it, it buys me a little bit of time to actually read that article. And and are you and, gonna read it? I am gonna read it. You have to send it to me. Just send me a text. I did send it to you. I I'm sure you did, but we text a lot, so it's probably buried. That's true. It's probably buried in there. So I, what you're saying is. John, you text me a bunch of bullshit. No, that's 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 an unfortunate. <laughs> All right, so let's let's close. So, what we wanted to talk about in the bizarre segment is the fact that Keith Richards has just had his seventy seventh birthday. 
Happy um, birthday, Keith. Jesus Christ. So it's hard to imagine that any of our listeners would not know who Keith Richards is. However, um, Keith Richards is the lead guitarist and has been the lead guitarist for the Rolling Stones, which is one of the most famous. partner to Mick Jagger. Yep. Uh, uh, yep, exactly. Partner to Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones for the last um, half century Since at least. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, you had sent me some article about the fact that there was a cockroach named after Keith Richards, but the fact that Keith Richards, curious. yeah, the fact that Keith Richards is still alive at seventy-seven is actually the 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 story here. If you don't know what Keith Richards looked like, twenty to twenty-five years ago, Keith Richards looked like he was going to die. Yet the man is still alive and still plays the guitar better than I can. Um. Ah. Well. I mean, I probably he's, play. He's I the probably, world's foremost rhythm guitarist. I was going to say I probably play faster than him, but I probably should at my age versus his age. Well, he he never. Here's the thing about Keith, as he's called K E E F. Um, Keith he was Vichons. never. I'm serious. Like he was never a. He never played these stinging lead notes like a Jimmy Page or a Jimi Hendrix or an Eric Clapton. He never. He was a rhythm practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so it was very rare in moments like Which, Sympathy Jimmy, for the Devil when he would play yeah, a solo. Jimi Hendrix also started as a rhythm player, but he just excelled as right. that, that type of lead man. That's what Jimmy Page started as with the Yardbirds. Mm-hmm. But Keith, it's, to him it was the notes you didn't play. Mm-hmm. So in a way, he's a very black guitarist in that way. And I mean that with all due respect. He's like an old school blues player. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's who they were, of, right? <laughs> that's, that's, well, I mean, think yeah. about it. You didn't hear a bunch of solo flourishes with B.B. King or no. John Lee Hooker. Albert King. Right, sure. I mean, Albert, you know, Albert Collins. You, yeah, didn't, you yeah. didn't hear all yep. that. No. It was, it was about the notes they didn't play, the breaks, the rhythm. And so that's what I mean. I mean that very respectfully. Well, of course. He was a, Absolutely. So, I, mean, I mean, for instance, you know, Mick Jagger once got asked, because of his vocal style, would you rather have been born black? He was like, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I mean, they meant that as, as respect. Well, they did. I mean, they, uh, they actually wanted to be, I mean, that was how they started was as a, as a blues, a blues band, which was native to the Gulf coast in Southern Southeast uh, America, really United States at the time. Um, it's, it's interesting we were kind of reminiscing a bit about what what about the Rolling Stones uh, because there's uh, there's certainly better guitarists than Keith Richards. That, that there's absolutely and, and but I think it's almost nostalgia. I think the first time I I, I had my I was um, gifted my first guitar by my parents at 12 years old, and I think the first two albums that my dad there's three albums my dad pulled out. He had these vinyl records downstairs in the basement for years. And and he pulled out um, three vinyl records, and you know this is we had cassettes, we had CDs, and so we really didn't pull these vinyl records out. But when the, the day I got my first guitar, he pulled out um, America, which <clears throat> they're the band that played the horse with no. They're the uh, the the band that came with the horse with no name. Most people know that, um, but their first album they ever cut. Um, was a very acoustically driven. So that was the first album. And then I also got Stevie Ray Vaughan blues at sunrise, which was, um, 
largely lead guitar blues. And then he pulled out Let It Bleed by the Rolling Stones. And he played specifically two tracks, Let It Bleed and Love in Vain, which are both, if I'm um, not mistaken, are at least old Delta Blues songs. I know Love in Vain is, and it's been covered by a number of bands moving forward. And just, yeah, Robert Johnson wrote it. Yeah, Robert Johnson. Um, I was it. Did he? Did he also do Let It Bleed? I th- probably. Um, but it, I couldn't swear by it. But, but I know, Love in Love in Vain for sure. Is is a Robert, yeah, Robert Johnson. Johnson is the one? He was the original member of the Twenty Seven Club, mm-hmm. and it, you probably all heard. Uh, Cream's cover of Crossroads, you know. Sure. Yep. 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 Well, is it Cream's Cream's cover of Crossroads, or actually Eric Clapton's cover of Crossroads? Wait, that was actually his kind of debutante moment before the world, because at the end of the 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 single was the live track. We're like, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Clapton. Oh, okay. Yep. So it's it's been interesting to watch those specific songs sort of grow and flourish with artists over the years. I know um, Eric Clapton played a pretty cool um, uh, Crossroads Music Festival with John Mayer on the Crossroad track. That sort of was like John Mayer's coming out blues artist moment. Um, Did they at least do it in Clarksdale, Mississippi? I don't really, I don't know where that uh, Crossroads was. Where um, that, or I mean, where that yeah, concert where was. It is. It's nowhereville. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I just, I just know the video. I also know um, the Derek Trucks and Susan Tajeshi band did a Love in Vain cover. So it's just been amazing to see like good artists really sort of perfect. Uh, but ultimately, I, you know, you'll never forget. I think the first time you ever heard those songs covered by someone like the Rolling Stones, where it's, it's... it means something in the next twenty, thirty years. I really, I really hope they matter. Would the Stones? No, no, not just the Rolling. I mean, obviously, the Rolling Stones. I think will matter forever as far as rock and roll goes. But I mean, I hope, I hope that folks, the first time they hear when you got a good friend or Love in Vain or Crossroads mm-hmm. by Robert Johnson, I hope it'll still matter, or if they hear it at all. I think it's. <clears throat> I think it'd be very hard to deviate from the roots of the type of music. Uh, really set the foundation for. I, I, I truly believe that. I, I think it's hard to leave that. You know, I, I, look, I look over my shoulder here in my little studio and I've got two guitars hanging on the wall and until the day I die, I will, and, you know, someday I may have a daughter or a son who, uh, who wants to play guitar because they're influenced by their dad. And I promise you the first licks that I ever return to will be the ones that I heard when I first started playing. Those were, you know, having kids. What's that? But you weren't having kids. Well, I don't know. It's up for debate. So it's uh oh. Let's let's just say it doesn't matter. Children, uh, my own children or my nieces, my nephews in That's in the future, cool. that if they ever ask Uncle Nate or Dad, um, you know, I want to learn guitar. I, you know, I there's there's always two things, right? At least for me, I'll always. I'll probably pull out the same records my dad did. It'll be those those Acoustic America 1971. It'll be the Stones. It'll in terms of what influenced me. Just like if my kids heard me playing the piano and singing, and they said, "Dad, what is that? I want to learn that." I'd be like, "Well, I think it's time you learn your first Elton John song, right? Like those those are the type of yeah. people that influenced me." And I don't think those will ever be no. irrelevant because they have created so much of the the music that we hear today it's just it i think it's an impossibility they become irrelevant 
I don't think I'll ever know. I mean, of course, we we unfortunately never did a did a review of the Elton John concert I saw on December 2018. Um, but or 2017, December 2018, I think. And but I I believe that that concert, as for as cookie cutter as Elton John songs are, for as the thousands of times we've all heard them, it was probably a really uh, magical experience. Oh my God! Like I'm serious. It, the, the for one thing, this review got written by the paper there, the Times Picayune, which is the Greater New Orleans Metropolitan Area newspaper. And this young lady wrote that he performed like an artist on the ascendancy, not like an artist on his way out. You know, it's his final mm-hmm. tour. My father and I, as the as the the arena filled up, we were debating back and forth, like, what's he going to open with? What's he going to open with? Lights go down, and all of a sudden, bump, the opening note of Benny and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? Yep. But I'm serious. He, he strained his voice. He was talking a couple of times in between songs. The man played for three hours. It was right. ridiculous. That's crazy. It was awesome. I mean, I don't blame him for wanting to quit. I mean, that's got to be hard on your hands playing. You know, he's got to be, what, 72 now? You think that old? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are both 77. Yeah. Came a couple of years later. He did, but yeah. yeah. Late 60s, early 70s. No, it's just that that era. I mean, for one thing, I don't I don't know that the, the band thing is in right now. Maybe it will be again, but it was a great era for music, and hopefully it'll be remembered. So Elton John is 73. Ah man, see, I don't know. I I think he's magical, and he's a he's a very philanthropic person. So it makes me feel a lot better about buying twenty two of his records. <laughs> well, you'd be the you'd be the leading expert if we talk. Well, you are the leading expert. If we talk about the Stones and Elton John for sure. I'll I'll defer. Yeah. Even though I even though I grew up in their music and love them to death, I will say that I did once spend about two hours in a Barnes and Nobles reading the Keith Richards um, memoir. Holy crap. Yeah. Dude. He's got some crazy stories. Holy shit. It's like he goes from like, and we were in Missouri with pharmaceutical grade Coke cut to, in my childhood, I like to play with soccer balls. And you're like, dude, you just cut from, I was getting chased by the cops in 1965 in Missouri with pharmaceutical grade Coke to like, I liked soccer balls when I was a little kid. Like, Jesus. That's why I was there for two hours. Think about this. I, I'll, I'll leave you with this as far as the Stones. My favorite record of theirs is from 1978. It's called Some Girls. And most of you will know the the really big hit for that album. Well, you'll know Beast of Burden. That mm-hmm. was a top ten. But it, we're talking about an album where the Stones dared to cover the Temptations. Must be my imagination. But they also cut two original punk tracks, three actually, um, did a country track that was original, but then they mixed in this sort of disco track called Miss You. And they've been living in New York City when they did it. So that, that's the one that I would recommend. Listen to, listen to some girls. You'll appreciate it, perhaps. Uh, there's, the catalog is deep. If I had to pick one, that would be it. That'd be it. I would say "Let It Bleed." 
um i, I just think uh give some of a listen yeah dive into the catalog the man's punk like... <laughs> punk country and disco and a temptations cover all in one go fair enough i'll take that i mean i mean i'm a weirdo and it was weird it was eclectic so fair enough fair enough and well, I know we're we're running out of time. Oh wow, you almost you almost did it before I did. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are at around fifty five, fifty six minutes. Uh, <laughs> we do have bandwidth to consider, and uh, in the internet, the internet, the, sorry, the, the internets can only handle about fifty five to fifty six minutes of John and Nate. So, um, <laughs> as always, my friend, I'm it's terrible. it's a, it's an honor and privilege to do this with you week in and week out. It would be almost four years ago coming up that we sat around uh, in in New Orleans as we talked about and decided whether or not we should move ahead with this. And um, from car cab to uh, garages to um, bedrooms we've we've successfully almost um, almost landing at 250 episodes and that will be our next one so for those of you who have stuck along for the last several years thank you so much and for those of you who are finally just tuning in because you're interested in what's going on in this world we're happy that you found a little home here um, and we we urge you and hope that you continue to listen I think we've got some pretty cool things happening for 2021 uh, but most importantly uh, we don't always see eye to eye, my friend, um, and and for that I actually uh, I love you for that, um, and uh, I love the fact that we can have you this conversation. Don't run it too much. I never do. Uh, if I did, I wouldn't be here. So. Yeah, I love you, man. We're yeah. we're all good. I I. Well. <laughs> we'll always rectify it next time. It's it's great to keep doing this with you. Indeed. Well, uh, until next time. Au revoir. We'll see you.